Hi, hello, and welcome, everyone, to the fifth episode of the Blade Podcast. I'm here with my guest, Joe Bedgood. How are you doing, sir? Doing great. How are you, Chris? I'm doing wonderful. So let's jump right into the questions. How did you find the church? Well, um, I didn't grow up in church. My mom and dad divorced when I was really young, uh, so young that I don't remember like them being together other than pictures. And so my mama got custody of my sister and daddy got custody of me. And the short of it is basically that I lived with my grandmother uh, for a period of time mm-hmm. in Dalewood, believe it or not. And I lived with her till I was five or six years old when my daddy remarried. Um, then I moved back in with him. And so a little bit at the time I was with my grandma, she, she went to church some. And she read me a Bible story every night. I do remember that. The only thing I remember about the Bible story is that it was a, about Samuel and Eli. And from yeah. reading that story you would know that Eli was kept getting woke up by Samuel because Samuel said, did you call me? And he said, I didn't call you. Did you call me? I didn't call you. And then he said, if if you hear this again, it's the Lord calling you. And the Lord was calling Samuel into ministry to be a prophet or whatever mm-hmm. uh, in the place of Eli. So I remember that now. It took me a long time, even after being in ministry, to even remember that, like to think back on it. But when I was a teenager, I went to a crusade in Swainsboro, a J. Strat crusade, and every night there was an altar call, and every night, you know, I said, I'm not walking, I'm not going in front of all these people. Uh, I didn't want to go to hell. I heard the messages. I felt something that I'd never felt before, which mm-hmm. couldn't use the word, but it was conviction. And I went back and talked to a counselor because I did walk, even though I said I wasn't going to from the very back, and a friend of mine walked with me. Um, I prayed a prayer. I told my daddy about it. They told me I needed to be baptized. And so I went and talked to a preacher, and we started going to church, and I got baptized. Short of it is, um, I didn't stay in church. We went for a while, and mm-hmm. then it kind of fell off. And so in my teen, as a part of my teenage years, I lived in the world, and I always felt convicted. Not around my friends would I say I felt convicted, but at night when I went to bed, after doing the things that I'd done that were really bad, um, they were sin, I was convicted. And the reason is because... You grieve the Spirit of God when you sin. That's what the book of Ephesians says. Don't grieve yeah. the Spirit of God. And the Bible also says we're sealed until the day of redemption. So not being under the Word, not reading the Bible. Yes, I was praying. I was praying every night. And then I'd do stupid things and say, why did you do that? You know. Yeah. But I'd brag about it the next day around my friends. And when I started dating Michelle, her daddy told me if I was going to be able to date her on Sunday. He didn't even say the rest of the week. He said on Sunday. Because I was very selfish. I wanted to be at the race car shop every day, every night, and race every time we were racing. I yeah. love racing. Still do. I can't go that much because I love it too much and don't want to fall in that trap. But I do love it. It's in my blood. And uh, so I went to church on Sunday just so we could go out on Sunday. And I remember telling him, that preacher knows everything about me. you know, And he's pointing at me every Sunday. And he said, no, he's not pointing at you because I sat in the same place. He said his finger got broke when he was younger by a cow when he got kicked and his fingers like that and it is just like that uh-huh. and he and i sat in that one place you know because i was in the back away from everybody mm-hmm. and i fell under conviction again because i heard the word the bible says in romans ten seventeen, faith comes by hearing and hearing comes by the word of god so it's god's word it's not man's word and it speaks to us and so whenever the preaching was going on the lord was convicting me through the spirit he didn't be preaching about something i'd be reading something else because the bible was relatively new to me it was a book that i should have been reading but i wasn't and um uh, I went to the altar, prayed a prayer. I said, Lord, I want to, you know, I want to make sure that I'm following you. And so I, 
I followed God. From that day forward, my life radically changed. Uh, I was older. But I, every time as a teenager, I'm telling you, I was convicted. Even though I did the junk I'd done, I wish I'd never done it. But I was convicted. I just I wasn't under the Word, wasn't living in the Word. I was grieving the Spirit, and that's why I felt the way I did. But then from that day forward, I said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do what this book says. I'm going to read it. I'm going to learn what it says. Me and my wife got married uh, when we were 20. Um, we're still married to this day. I'm 43 now. But I ended up reading the whole Bible. And I'll try to be short with this, but I was intimidated by her. Because I'm supposed to be the man of the house. I'm yeah. supposed to lead the home according to the Bible. And I didn't know it. Like, I didn't know Daniel in the lion's den. I didn't know mm-hmm. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the fiery furnace. I didn't know that crazy, radical things happened in the Bible, like daughters who tried to sleep with their father or did get him drunk and slept with him. Yeah. You know, stuff like that's in the Bible. And we just don't think it is. And the Bible's full of people who were heroes of the faith that made a lot of bad choices in life, even after being heroes of the faith. And yeah. And so God still blessed them. And so I found myself in church, and I grew in the Lord over time, began to be a youth pastor, and served as a deacon in that church. It was a small church, and the Lord called me to preach, and I told the pastor. He gave me an opportunity to preach, and I began preaching. And every time I preached, somebody different would be there. Uh, mm-hmm. Somebody would come that didn't come. We didn't get a lot of visitors there, but somebody would come, and they'd say, I didn't know you were preaching. I said, well, I just started. And they'd yeah. say, well, you come to a brotherhood for us. And I'd go there and somebody would say, hey, will you come here? And I prayed, said, Lord, if you want me to preach, you give me a place because I don't have a piece of paper that says I'm a preacher. I don't have a degree that says I'm a preacher. I know God called me. It's hard to explain, but I you prayed. You feel it. Oh, I know it. I mean, yeah. like, it's, a, it's no doubt. And I said, Lord, if you want me to preach, give me a place to preach. And I got call after call after call. I don't understand it. Yeah. I, don't, I, don't, I don't understand it. I didn't do anything to deserve it. Anybody that's called to preach, they don't deserve it. We don't deserve it. It's mm-hmm. a gift that God gives us. It's a special gift, and he chose us to do that, not because of anything special in us, but he just chose us, just like the nation of Israel. You look at the nation of Israel, and they're God's chosen people, but why? Because he found a man named Abraham. Abraham was living in a pagan land. Why would he Why would he even pick Abraham? But he chose Abraham and said, I'm going to make you the father of many nations, and he didn't have any children. Mm-hmm. And that's crazy. Abraham has a child when he's 100 years old. Now, before that, he got ahead of God's plan after God told him, you're going to have a child, and I'm going to make you the father of many nations, and you, all the seed of the earth is going to be blessed. Well, guess what happens? They get ahead of it. His wife says, look, I'm old. I can't have a baby, blah, 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 you know, and why don't you sleep with my handmaid or slave girl, if you will, and have a baby? And he agrees to it, and they have a baby that, you know, and the Lord tells him, that ain't, that's not the one. That ain't the one. But God still let him have a child. Mm-hmm. And his name would be Isaac, you know. And as you read the Bible, you see these unique stories. But when Isaac is growing up, he tells him, he said, uh, I want you to sacrifice Isaac, like kill him. And that makes no sense. Like, yeah. I would never kill my son, you know. Mm-hmm. And that makes no sense. You didn't ask all that, but it makes no sense that that would happen. But God was testing his faith. Mm-hmm. He told Abraham when he called him to circumcise himself and all the males in their family. And he said, you're going to be my nation. I'm going to raise you up. That's where Israel came from. They did nothing to deserve it, but he chose to reveal himself to the world through the nation of Israel. And I'll stop there and let you go to the next oh, no, question. You're fine. You can talk all you want. I'm, I'm, I'm listening. I'm learning from you right now. It's really interesting. But um, the next question is, uh, what do you think is one of the biggest misconceptions that you think people have with the church or um, Christians as a whole? Uh, hypocrisy. Uh, I get that a lot. You know, anywhere we go out visiting or mm-hmm. on outreach, uh, sharing Jesus with people. Uh, one thing that comes back more than anything else is, I don't want to go to church because there's a bunch of hypocrites there. 
and you know you don't have to go to church to be saved or go to heaven you don't have to go to church and one of the things that I do know is if a man loves Jesus or a woman loves Jesus, they're going to go to church just like somebody who loves golf will go to the golf course. Or yeah. they'll stand in the yard and hit golf balls. They're going to practice if they're healthy and physical enough to do it. They're going to do all they can. They're going to get the best driver they can. If yeah. they can't afford you get the point. Yeah. And so people who love Jesus are going to go to church because the New Testament encourages that. But to your question, uh, even Jesus, you know, Jesus addressed that whenever he was walking this earth. There's you know, most Bibles have Jesus' words written in red. And over in Matthew chapter number 7, it says this. And it's basically talking about hypocrites in the church. It says in Matthew seven twenty one, Not everyone that says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that does the will of my Father, which is in heaven. Many will say in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name? And in your name have we not cast out devils? And in thy name did many wonderful works. And I will profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. Okay, so let's go back and review. Not everyone that says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter into the kingdom of heaven, but the one that does the will of the Father. So God the Father has got a plan for our lives. Many are going to be deceived. He talked to hypocrites a lot. When, when Jesus got angry with people, the Bible says, be ye angry and don't let it cause you to sin. It doesn't, never says... Uh, don't get angry. It also doesn't say don't judge. People reading, mm -hmm. it says judge not that you be not judged for what judgment that you meet out is going to be given back to you. Mm -hmm. And so when Jesus tells us that, he also tells us by their fruits you will know them. So it's not that we shouldn't judge somebody. It's that if God's word says it, then that declares it. Most people say yeah. God says it, I believe it, and that settles it. But that's not true. God says it. It don't matter if you believe it or not. God said it, so that settles it. Yeah. So we all live our life based on, based on faith. Every one of us. Faith in whatever it is that we believe. If we're agnostic or Gnostic or whatever we, we are, we all have some type of belief. Like some people believe the world just came into existence, the Big Bang Theory, yeah, you know, other things like that. More scientific and stuff. Yeah, scientific. Yeah. But the Bible says that God created the heavens and the earth. Mm -hmm. It says he done it in seven, six days and he rested on the seventh. Right. And we, we won't go there. I'm going to get back on track. Basically, he's saying that there are hypocrites in the church, and mm -hmm. he talks about hypocrites. He de dealt with the people who were the lawyers of God's word in his day, and he called them hypocrites. He called them to their face. He was harder on people that were, I'm going to say, religious, mm -hmm. because they knew what the word of God said. Mm -hmm. But it's one thing to know it. It's another thing to do it. Yeah. So he said, you got to do it. So listen to this part. All right. Many will say to me, did I not prophesy in your name? So what does that mean? It means they were a preacher. Yeah. So there's going to be preachers in a place called hell. Would be mm -hmm. preachers there. Yeah. And then it said, did it not cast out demons? I've never cast out a demon in my life, not one yeah. time. So these are some pretty high credentials that we're talking about mm -hmm. that they've done. They've cast out devils. They did many wonderful works in the name of Jesus. I'll remind people if they read their Bible that Judas walked with Jesus. Mm -hmm. Judas Iscariot was the treasurer. And the Bible says that they knew Judas's hand was in the bag. So because we don't deal like that today, we deal with credit cards and cash, mm -hmm. but we think about a bag. He physically put his hand in. Judas was stealing money. He was a thief. Jesus knew he was taking money, but he let him stay there. He was the son of perdition or destruction. So out of the 12 apostles or disciples, Jesus let him stay there. And you know what it's called? It's called his grace. Yeah, absolutely. He, he let him stay to see all the miracles, probably even done miracles in Jesus' name. But then he had Jesus sold for the price of a slave. So for nothing. He devalued Jesus so much 
that he gave him away into the hands of sinful men. And they, these Jewish leaders, mm -hmm. they persecuted mm -hmm. Jesus. They ended up crucifying him. He stood before a king named Pharaoh who had the power to crucify him. And Pharaoh said, do you not know that I had the power to give you life or death? He asked him a question. And Jesus said, you have no power over me unless it was given to you by the Father in heaven. And people misconceive this too, that Jesus Christ got killed. He laid down his life. The Bible teaches mm -hmm. us that he willingly laid down his life. He made a choice. He mm -hmm. could have he could have got off the cross. The religious leaders said, yeah. if you want to, if you are the Son of God, get off this cross. Well, he'd already raised the dead. Yeah. He'd already done so many he miracles. He was trying to prove a point. And on the cross, he could have got off the cross. Mm -hmm. But if he'd have got off the cross, he could have been your Savior. Mm-hmm. And see, I, and I won't go into that right now. Yeah. But to say that there are hypocrites in the church, that's absolutely true. Not a surprise to me. Yeah. But there are hypocrites on the golf course, too. There are people that tell you they're awesome. They think they're Tiger Woods, and he's not as good as he used to be. Yeah. But they think they're awesome. And you go out there and you go, wow, they're not really good at all. They just play a lot. Yeah. You know, And I'm no golfer. I'm terrible at it. I'm not good at anything, <laughs> really. Mm -hmm. um, so whenever people are hypocrites at that or they think they're, they got the best-looking car or the fastest car, what happens? You yeah. go out there and you find out they're not. They're hypocrites in Walmart. They tell you Walmart's got all this, and they they putting other people out of business, but they still go there because they save money. They yeah. still go. Yeah, you, you know? know, a lot of people yeah. are like, you know, so there are hypocrites I, everywhere. Yeah, a lot of people are like, I'm not going to shop on Amazon because they're they're storing our local businesses exactly. and stuff. They got that Prime shipping. They get their stuff in two days. Sure. They they still use it. It's the same concept. But um, what do you think? Um, Oh, I'm sorry. Do you do you does your ministry do outreach? Is, oh do yes, do yes, sir. But I want to go back one step on the yeah. hypocrites. Mm -hmm. I want to say this is a clear statement. Okay. Our relationship with God should never be between me, God, and somebody else. Yeah. Whatever my excuse is for not being in church or being a part of a church, my relationship with God when I stand before Him, it's just going to be before me and Him. The Bible said there'll be sheep on the right, goats on the left. Sheep represent children of God. Goats represent lost wicked people and anybody who's lost they just don't know jesus you know because the right. bible says there's none good no not one jesus himself said that and i won't go into that either because there's a yeah. deeper subject on that right but um as far as outreach and ministries yes sir we do uh, we have a very active men's ministry and women's ministry uh, we've done things and still do things such as build ramps for handicapped people to last or not just handicapped but elderly people we mm -hmm. recently built a ramp uh over near the city cemetery for an elderly lady that couldn't get out of her house, and we had to build a, a ramp. We didn't have to, but we did. We don't even know the lady. I mean, I know her name. Her name's mm -hmm. Mrs. Taylor. Uh, but we, we built a ramp for her because we knew she had a need, and we had the funds to do it. Yeah. If we hadn't had the funds, we can't just do it. You don't get blood from a turnip. But yeah. whenever there are things there to be done, we do that. So that's not all we do. We have a food pantry. Uh, it's a small food pantry. Like, it doesn't have a bunch in it, mm -hmm. but it meets small needs. Um, and then we have what we call a uh, blessing box, and that's been reported you know, in the newspaper, the Forest Blade, and it's been reported other places as well, but uh, it's, it's got a sign on it that says, Blessing Box, take what you need, leave what you can. So that gives the church or the children's ministry or myself, if it gets low early enough before the kids get back, I'll add to it. And normally it gets lower at the end of the month. Mm -hmm. So people that have food stamps or cards or whatever can at the first of the month take care of the need, but by the end of the month, they're, they're, they're not able to do it. So we fill it up more near the end of the month, and we give the community a chance to give to it if they want. But uh, that's been a, a very, very good blessing. And that's not all we do. We go out witnessing and telling people about Jesus. Uh, we do backpack drives where we give gifts. Yeah. 
Uh, you've probably heard of that, but it's a Christmas mm-hmm. mission, and I won't go into all that. But there's many more things that we do. I mean, we reach out into our community. Uh, we participate in certain community events, and our brotherhood goes, and, and we've gave people that are falling on hard times, supply their needs at that time, if you will. And I won't go into all those needs because just like you would know and anybody else has been around, a lot of people want a hand a hand out instead of a hand up. Yeah. And there are people that take advantage of the system. If you're mm-hmm. we're all sinners who fall short of God's grace, but if you're living in direct rebellion against God and you're living in sin specifically and you want us to help you, but you're just lazy and you don't mm-hmm. want to work. Yeah. The Bible says if you don't work, if you won't work, it doesn't say don't, if you won't work. Mm-hmm then you shouldn't eat. It doesn't say if you can't work. Yeah. It says if you won't work. So if a man won't work, he shouldn't eat, and it would be a sin for us to give and help you eat in that case unless God specifically came down and said, do this. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there are also kids who need to eat, and we remember that. Yeah. Uh, we've helped through weekend blessings. I could just give you a long list of stuff. Yeah. I mean, we've done a lot of projects. That's wonderful. But we go out and witness to lost people, and I'll be honest with you, they don't very many people come when we go witness. Mm-hmm. If we go invite people to church, they'll come. But when we go to witness, people are afraid to witness. But the ones that do go, uh, I don't fuss about the ones that don't go because if you if you don't want to do it, I really don't want you there. I'd rather have – God's always used a remnant. He's always used a small group. Mm-hmm. He, he doesn't have to have a big army to make it happen because yeah. he's God. And uh, when we go out and witness, we share the gospel with people, and we see people saved. Like door-to-door evangelism still mm-hmm. works. Yeah. So what do you think is important for church members uh, when they welcome others to service? Oh, man, that's incredibly important. The biggest thing is that you're friendly, mm-hmm. that you let people know you're glad that, that they are there. Also, to be informative because many times people that are new to the church, they don't know where anything is. They don't know where your bathroom is. They don't know if you have a kid's ministry. They don't know if you do children's church. They don't know where the nursery is. And if you've been in church a long time, you tend to forget, even in a small town like we are, there's no big churches in our town. I mean, yeah. big churches in our town would be 150, 100, 200, you know, 300. But in even in those, in our communities, when they walk in, they don't know where to go. So if somebody gets them to go to the bathroom and they go to the baptism area, you're they're going to feel embarrassed because they just walk back there and they got to come out and go <laughs> yeah. to the social hall. So we need to do a good job of letting folks know that. And, and we don't do it the best all the time. You know, we miss mm-hmm. things. Also, it's important to let them know that uh, we're glad they come, shake their hand, meet them in the parking lot. If you've invited somebody to church, be there. Yeah. Uh, If you invite people to church 25 times and then one Sunday they show up and you're not there, they may not come back again. So uh, let them know you love them. Let them know there's no assigned seats or pews, Mm -hmm. even if there's names on them. Yeah. You know, like on the side of the nameplates pew doesn't belong to the person i don't care if they paid for it it's god's house so nothing belongs to anybody once you put it in god's house it's his Mm -hmm. so it doesn't matter where it goes just make them feel welcome let them know that uh, you're glad they're there invite them to other things uh hopefully they'll fill out a visitor card if they know somebody uh, find out from that person if if it's okay if you contact them and if they fill out a visitor card you definitely contact them yeah and uh, be involved just be involved man They, they, they need to know you care and they need to know that you notice that they're there. They don't need to just slip mm-hmm. in without you knowing it. Right. Now, what is your thought process behind the uh, – every, every, you've everyone's heard this in their lives, and it's uh, why do bad things happen to good people? That's a regularly asked yeah. question for sure. <laughs> um, well, 
It's not hard for me. The simple answer is this. There is no good people. That might not be proper English, but there are no good people in the world. Mm-hmm. Now, what we count as good is people that don't murder people. You know, yeah, We think yeah. they're good people. Yeah. And by our standards, they are, but God's standard is so much higher. The mm-hmm. Bible says that uh, his thoughts are not our thoughts. His wow. ways are not our ways. And yeah. He's so far beyond that. In fact, there was a man that was religious that came to Jesus and asked him, he said, uh, good master, what must I do to be saved? And he said, why do you call me good? There's none good but God, no yeah. one good. Okay, so when he told him that, this is what he was saying. Mm-hmm. That's deeper than what most people realize. Jesus knew this man standing, that he was a lawyer of the Word of God. And he was telling him, why did you call me good when you yourself know that only God is good? In our mind, we'd say, you know, Jesus was saying he's not good. But that's not what Jesus was saying because Jesus was God in the flesh. Jesus was saying to him, why are you calling me God? Why, why, why are you calling me God right now? That's exactly what he meant. Mm-hmm. And he made him think. He put the thinking back on him because he knew the Word of God. If we want to say it by our standards of good, why do bad things happen to good people? Mm-hmm. Okay, our standard of good is different. Yeah. But the reason bad things happen to what we call good people mm-hmm. is because we live in a fallen world. Mm-hmm. Adam and Eve sinned in the garden, and when they did, everything changed. Mm-hmm. They were kicked out of the garden, and sin has a power on this earth. Satan is the prince of the power of the air. God's still like totally in control of everything, but because sin is rampant, mm-hmm. God allows people to make choices. Mm-hmm. God doesn't sin, people do. Yeah. You know, and because people make choices, God could intervene in every situation and stop it. Mm-hmm. But human nature is on a course for destruction, really. Right. If you read the Bible, we're living in the last days. We've been living in the last days since Jesus came to the earth. Mm-hmm. They even said that these are the last days. So it's getting shorter and shorter and shorter. So bad things happen to what we call good people because we live in a fallen world that's ruled by sin. If you don't believe it, turn on the TV. Look at the politicians, and not every politician is crooked. I'm mm-hmm. not saying they are, but there's a lot of crooked politicians. There's crooked lawyers, crooked preachers, as we read earlier in this podcast. Yeah. You know, There's crooked people everywhere. The problem is this. Because we live in a world that won't sin, I mean, go to go try to find a movie without a cuss word in it. Even G-rated movies sometimes have a cuss word. Yeah. I had to tell my kids at a young age, PG-13, we can't watch. Yeah. We can't watch those shows. You know, PG, PG-13 movies, I have they have one f word allowed in the movie they might not use it but it could be there and that's 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 a risk you you take when you bring your kids to watch those kind of movies and it's sad chris because not the movie would still be good if it didn't have that word yeah it's 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 unnecessary and look at our commercials on tv um look at clothes that people wear Mm -hmm. um and A, a lot of commercials like even when i was little like it would be it's weird because i've seen it a lot in food commercials but think things are sexualized you yeah know? sex sales it, it, yeah it's fact. it's i remember it was like an old commercial they were selling a burger some burger place and it was a woman eating a burger really sensually and as a kid i was just like why <laughs> i was like I, I didn't even want the burger it didn't it yeah you know i mean obviously it's not advertised for kids but kids but see, they it. see it yeah and it's just it's it's i just don't get it yep I'm with you, man. It's, yeah. uh, that's the world we live in. Uh, things that are openly accepted now were not accepted years ago. But it's nothing new. It's just that because of the Internet, we mm-hmm. know about it quicker. Yeah. In the Bible, God destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah for certain things. And, yeah. you know, sin has always been there. You know, that's always been a problem. And it still is to this day, the world that we live in now. 
sex sales, like you said. Mm-hmm. And because of that, if people buy it, they're going to reproduce it. And they're going to put out there what yeah. people buy. So whatever turns the dollar bill, that's what people's going to be interested mm-hmm. in. And God designed men to be visual, mm-hmm. to see things. And once you see something one time, you don't unsee it, even if you didn't mean to see it. You right. know, you can walk in any store in Swainsboro or any town usually, and you'll see a person with a low-cut shirt. I mean, it'll be really low, mm-hmm. and you know the necklace is going to land in a certain spot. You know exactly mm-hmm. where it's going to land because yeah. you've seen it before. And a lot of times women can't buy clothes that aren't made like that because most people want those clothes. Mm-hmm. But now we have to understand that God designed us to be visual male human beings. Why? Because he designed us to meet a woman one day, to marry, to have one man and one woman, and when he designed us that way, the man designed to see a woman and to be attracted to her, but mm-hmm. it's for his wife. Yes. But we mess that up in society because mm-hmm. the society says, basically, go have sex with everybody, enjoy yeah. life, mm-hmm. try it out before you get married, make sure you're really going to like who you're marrying, you know? Yeah. And you see it on TV, every TV show, I don't mean to get loud with you, but uh, oh, no, they, they lay in the bed and they do these scenes and... Because you're watching it, if you're watching, your kids say you watch it, they think, oh, yeah, you accept it. Mm -hmm. And now it's accepted, and other things are accepted. And sin is a gradual process. There's an old saying, I don't know who said it, but it's good. Sin uh, takes you farther than you ever intended to go, Mm -hmm. keeps you longer than you ever intended to stay, and it costs you more than you ever intended to pay. When you first see that, that, that video where that magazine used to be, I'll make it short. You don't know what you're getting into. Mm-hmm. And then if you get hooked, then you're hooked on pornography, and now it's on our phones. And if, and yeah. by the way, men who might be watching this, if you get a lot of sexual ads on your phone, it's because you're looking at them, you know, directly. I mean, they don't they don't pop up on my phone like that. Yeah. What pops up on mine is something about the Bible or something about the Bulldogs because I'm passionate about them. Yeah. You know, I don't hide that fact. Or something about sports because I love yeah. sports. But if they you, pop if, up. Yeah, if you or go, if you buy something mm-hmm. on the Internet, it pops up. You know, those cookies. Yeah, if you go where you don't belong, things will follow and stuff like that. You know, if you go on weird, sketchy websites and stuff like that, you'll get things related to it. Like, you know, you can talk about, I mean, we're we're talking about, you know, a lot of things right now. I'm sure I'll go on my phone in a bit, scroll on Facebook, and I'll see an ad for a Bible, you know, stuff like sure. that. Like, it, you know. You get those types of things because of. And if you buy a tool today, next week you're gonna see it on your phone somewhere. Yeah. So, um, let's see. Let me let me say this. Yeah. Um, whenever the internet was invented, Mm -hmm. it's meant. I mean, for communication, Mm -hmm. God's word is meant to be communicated. It's not the internet that's bad, just like it's not guns to kill people. So people can complain about the internet being bad all they want to. The internet is not bad in itself. It's the people that use it that make bad choices. Everything in our life is about a choice that we make. Now, we don't choose to be born into the world. Somebody else chooses that. You know, that two people get together, they have sex, they make a baby, mm-hmm. and they come into the world. You, you, so we're born, and we're given a family, and we don't know who they are. Some people's thrown in a trash can, and they struggle the rest of their life because they think nobody loves them, but God loves them. Mm-hmm. And they will say, well, why did God do that? God didn't do that. Two people made a choice, and because of that, a baby was born, mm-hmm. and they chose to do whatever they wanted to do but anyway, God yeah. loves God loves us. He loves us so much he sent Jesus to die. It's hard to understand. I, I don't understand how he spoke and the world came into existence. I don't mm-hmm. understand it. But the Bible says that every man is given the, the measure of faith. So that's in which to believe, basically, what that means. It also says that, uh, you know, without faith, you can't please God. You can't believe that this world was created like that. 
unless you have faith. And you can't mm-hmm. sit in that chair that you and me sitting in right now unless you have faith. If you've seen the chair wobbling when you went to sit down or you've seen the leg when somebody else got up to crack, you might not have faith in that chair. Mm-hmm. But because you've sit in it before, you know you have faith. Right. And so we all have faith in something. We mm-hmm. have faith that the car's going to crank. We're not going to preach that sermon today. Yeah. Um, and lastly, what is your favorite um, gospel song or, or anything, you know, related to just oh, God? Or my, one of your favorites, rather. My gospel songs, man, I love music, so yeah. I love all kinds. I don't have a specific favorite yeah, song. Um, I know you were singing, you've been singing one this yeah, entire time. Yeah, I, I can't even call it now that you asked me that. Really? But, <laughs> but there's one song out there that when I hear it, I love. It's an old song, and I love, just for the record, I love Christian music, period. Mm-hmm. And when I got saved and started saying, you know what, i got to listen to Christian music, so I'm going to listen to it. It was hard. Like, I didn't want to listen to it. You know why? Because our society is built around music from the time you're born. And I'm a, you, you stay with me. When a baby's in a cradle, mm-hmm. they're hearing a little lullaby. Mm-hmm. They're watching a little musical thing go around, and there's a tune to it. Mm-hmm. And they're listening to the radio when they go down the road, and they're hearing songs now on your iPod, and you're listening to it on YouTube and all kind of things. Mm-hmm. So music's a part of our life. And I'm going to say this, the devil doesn't get all the good music. I made myself listen to Christian music. To me at that time was not good, but I realized one day it's about the lyrics, not about the tune. So you can listen to Christian rap, Christian, uh, yeah. what they call contemporary, mm-hmm. or you can listen to hymns or praise and worship. But I find it funny because if it's about God, it's praise and worship, no matter what you category, if, whether it's a hymn played on a piano yeah. or whether it's played in a church with no musical instruments at all, no matter what your belief is on that, if it's singing and glorifying God, which is what happens in church when people corporately get together for worship, Worship is not just singing. Worship is you can do it. You can go to church and be in worship because you're in a crowd of people that mostly love the Lord. Not all of them are saved, but most of them love the Lord. And when you get that many people that's full of the Spirit of God and their focus is only on God, not lunch, not what we eating on a buffet. We're focused on God. We ain't even focused on the short, fat preacher that's standing in front of everybody that ain't got no hair. You know, yeah. we're focused on God and on God alone, and it's special because God inhabits the praises of His people. So one of my favorite songs is an old one. And mm-hmm. and I listen to modern contemporary music, if you will, most of the time. But it's an old song. It's called I've Been Blessed. Mm-hmm. It talks about uh, food on my table, shoes on my feet. It talks about having a mom and a dad. It talks about the country that we live in and how we've been born free. And it talks about how I've been blessed. It talks about having a mother and a father. And it talks about having a life and memories that are made. So it's a wonderful song. It's yeah. old. I can't sing it because it's so high. Yeah. But, uh. It goes something like this. It goes, I have been blessed. Mm -hmm. I have been blessed. God's so good to me. Precious in his sight are you and me. No way I could count them. There's not enough time. And so I'll thank him for being so kind. God has been good, so good. I have been blessed. That's an old song. I got yeah, many a new ones good. that I love, but if you listen to all the lyrics, it really encompasses everything that you could imagine mm-hmm. about your life, even for people that maybe are in adoption or foster care. It 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 covers a lot of things. Yeah. Well, my favorite scripture verse is Ephesians. 16 it says finally my brethren be strong in the lord and in his mighty power it reminds me so much that it ain't about me and it ain't about what i can do or anybody else 
God's mighty power. He's the one that does the work, and he's the one that gets credit for it. All right, absolutely. Well, thank you so much for being out here today. I really appreciate it. I learned a lot from you. I'd say that. And uh, everyone at home, uh, as always, have a great day.